and they like bring their seafood and they sit down once a week and they eat together and they talk about the fish and that value-driven um, tradition of sharing a meal and you know with, for people that actually really care where their food is coming from on on that small scale feels really good. Welcome to the Charting Her Course podcast brought to you by the Pacific Coast Business Times. This podcast will give an inside look at women who own and run small businesses on California's Central Coast. I'm your host, Veronica Kuzma, and I'm so excited to put a spotlight on these fascinating businesses in San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and Ventura counties. This podcast would not be possible without our sponsor, Bank of America. More from them a little later. Get Hook Seafood is a Santa Barbara-based seafood subscription company and community-supported fishery founded by Kim Selko and Victoria Voss. Before founding Get Hooked, Kim and Victoria both had deep roots in fishing and marine life. Now they're looking to uplift communities through making wild and sustainable seafood more accessible. Listen to Kim and Victoria talk about their journey to entrepreneurship, being a woman in the fishing industry, and the importance of community. We hope you enjoy this talk with Kim Selko and Victoria Voss. All right, let's get started. So thank you both for joining me today. Um, I just want to start out with you telling us about Get Hooked Seafood and what you each do. My name is Kim Selko and I am the CEO of Get Hooked. Victoria and I built this from scratch in 2018 and really work on a million different tasks every day. Yeah, um, I'm Victoria Voss, and I think one of the fun things about owning a business is that your tasks are so varied. It never gets monotonous. You wear so many different hats. I think that um, I have more of an operations uh, role than Kim does, and Kim has more of like analysis and um, big picture. Um, I do more of the team coordination and um, fisherman coordination these days, but it's been really fluid and that's kind of like where we've landed currently, but it hasn't always been like that. So yeah, when we started, we, you know, we both did everything it felt like together all the time. Um, and now we have a little more delineation, which is better for our business because we're able to specify a bit more, but yeah, that's what we do. Can you tell us a little about the business model? Like, how does it all work? Yeah, so Get Hooked Seafood is um, basically a seafood delivery service, and we specialize in local, sustainable, really fresh seafood, really um, hard to find rare things and, um, you know, house-made specialty items, like we'll make poke and fish burgers and taco kits. And we also bring in other artisanal grocery products um, from the local community. We really love um, all of the business partnerships we've developed through this enterprise. Um, and we, we additionally don't just do home delivery. We also deliver to community pickup sites. So those are partner businesses like breweries and um, produce stands and farm stands and wine bars and all sorts of different types of venues where once a week we deliver a cooler with maybe a dozen customers fish um, all labeled with their name and it's often the honor system people go and pick up their seafood and they can pick up 
you know, bottle of wine or have a drink or, you know, um, more produce to go with their meal. So that's a really nice system and it really cuts down on our delivery costs um, and allows for cross promotion with these partner businesses. The nice perk for them is that they get to take home any fish that was not picked up after a two day window. Um, and so their staff often really enjoy um, being part of our program and they become good advocates um, for our program because they get to eat the seafood themselves. Um, and so it's been great. We've got over 25 pickup sites between Goleta and San Inez and Ojai Ventura, the Valley, San, San Fernando Valley and LA through Pasadena. Yeah, I think the only thing I would add to that is that we're, um, we run off of like a CSA model. So just like you, your CSA being community supported agriculture, we're a CSF. So it's not that we're not like a fish market in a traditional sense where people, um, pick their seafood we we are changing it up for our membership every week people subscribe with us and they get something different every week they they can customize it so they tell us what they don't want to receive um, and we pick something um you know that is one of their preferences um, to send them and then they can add additional things on but we do all give them a lot of choice as to what that item might be. So even though we're picking the seafood for them, if they don't take any actions, every customer has the opportunity each week to come into the system and, and give us a preference, um, give us, tell us what their choice is over a list of, you know, five to seven options that we're providing. Um, so it's, it's, not your standard um, like online store, but it's also um, very tailorable to the preferences of our membership. Um, and our, it is a community supported fishery. So our members are really, you know, supporting our business, but also supporting the fishermen that we're um, buying from and the other vendors that we're partnering with. And um, I would say that it definitely has a community feel like they feel really invested in knowing about their food and where it came from and like they're they're joining us because they care about their ocean, they care about their local community, they care about um, limiting their the miles that their food travels and um, yeah like we're kind of providing that service and I think that that feels really good for them and for us and they get a whole host of information every week about um, like who caught their fish the method that it was caught um, you know the sustainability of that species and then really great like recipes and cooking tips preparation tips so that something that is like maybe unfamiliar to a novice seafood cook is really easy to um, get a delicious meal out of. Um, so really kind of like a lot of hand holding for folks that are, are less experienced and a lot of fun information. Like we get customers all the time that say, we just love reading, you know, the fisherman bio at the dinner table um, or about the fishing method every week when we sit down to eat together. So that's cool. It's, it's fun to um, hear those stories. That's very cool. Okay, so just because I think it's fun to know, um, what did you each want to be when you grew up? 
Um, I have always wanted to be a marine biologist and I was a marine biologist. I was very focused on that. Um, I grew up in Boston and just was captivated by tide pools at the beach. And, um, and I uh, came out to LA for college and then went to grad school at UCSB and got my PhD. And, you know, I'm still affiliated with UCSB as a marine researcher. Um, but once Get Hook started, I pretty much had to press pause on all my academic research so that I could do this, which is great, really diversifying my skill set. But I do think someday I'll probably get back to it. Man, I, I mean, <laughs> when I was a little kid, I wanted to be an actress <laughs> and that developed into like, I don't know, civil rights attorney and then um, mediator <laughs> like, and then therapist and I would say like now my what now I I kind of want to be a fisherman down the road so you are a fisherman I am a fisherman <laughs> that's true I am fishing um commercially with my dad right now and I did when I was younger as well but I when I was younger and I did it it was never like the thing that I wanted to do long term <laughs> and now I I really kind of feel a little bit differently about it so so being women in fishing must be interesting. Can you share your experiences both starting out and what's changed to now? Well, I think, you know, there's a lot of history of women in the seafood industry kind of supporting partners or supporting family businesses. And um, like there's a lot of identity in that. And I feel like connected to our seafood, I, I have a fishing like family. I have a, um, my brother, my dad, a couple of my uncles and my cousin are all commercial fishermen. So it's really brought me closer to them in a way that feels um, community oriented and familial. Um, in terms, and, and one thing that's cool is that, you know, I, I would say, we have built some relationships with other women in the fishing community where we collaborate and we help each other with information or with seafood pickups then you know i feel like if we were men we would see them as potential competitors well, yeah. and not like have the same um collaborative spirit yeah and we i mean there are men running some of the other seafood operations and there's just suspicion and hostility i would say um, even if it's like overlaid with, oh, what are you guys doing? How's your business going? You know, <laughs> it's not the same. Whereas the women that we um, kind of interact with in the seafood space, the local small buyer seafood space, it's very much like, I got your back. What do you need? Uh, do you have any trouble? Like, how can I help you with that? And um, so it's been really great um, to have that um, trust, I would say, and real support um, and understanding of like this crazy adventure we're in and trying to source fresh seafood every week from, you know, over the course of a year, we work with like 40 different fishing families. Um, and it's always different and you never know what's going to go wrong, but something always goes a little bit wrong each week that you have to, you know, figure out because fishing is so unpredictable. You know, the weather, the gear might break or, you know, the boat might break or just, you know, they were catching thousand pounds every day this week. And then the day they go out for you, they only get 200 pounds and, you know, you're scrambling to figure out how you're going to fill the rest of your orders. So, um, 
so yeah, it's really nice to have that sort of female support system, um, even though there's not that many of us. And I would say like, it was harder for us at the beginning to find fish. And I wouldn't say that it has necessarily for us to do with being women, but I think being new to the industry, people aren't quite sure if you're going to be reliable or if, you know, and over time, um, I think we've been a more reliable buyer for our different fishermen than they, they know that they can, you know, ask us and we'll show up when we say we're going to show up and we'll give them a fair price. And, you know, they come to us a lot more than, um, than they did right at the beginning. So that's just something that's kind of shifted, but not necessarily, I wouldn't say for sure it's because we're women that it wasn't like that at the beginning. But. Yeah, it's always hard to know like how much sexism plays into things, but you know, there's definitely like more than a few times where people assume that, you know, the Victoria's dad has somehow made this all happen for us, even though he hasn't been a part of the business. and. You know, it's like this, this assumption that there must be some man that actually can take most of the credit here. And I, I experienced that in academia when I was um, publishing with my husband, who's also an academic. And, you know, just nine times out of 10, people would turn to him about, oh, how did you think of this study? You know, it's like, um, there's definitely that bias and it's frustrating, but, you know, we're just kind of doing our thing and hopefully, you know, proving ourselves as we go. That's true. We've definitely taken my dad fish buying a handful of times and the fisherman just automatically like talks to him about the mm -hmm. deal as if it's, you know, as if it's his deal when it's like, you know, he's just helping, you know, do he's helping me with this load just for the hell of it. He has nothing to do with what price you're getting or, you know, the next time we buy or any of that. So it's, interesting for sure. So what are some things that people should know about this industry that they may have no idea about? Well, I think people don't realize that um, California seafood is like almost 100% sustainable. There's nothing that you can go you know, buy um, in the fish market or through Get Hooked that's from California waters that is like a bad choice for the planet um, because you know when you can compare it to other protein choices even soy that's kind of produced on you know, these giant corporate farms um, like seafood out of our waters is sustainably managed and um, you know the regulations have just evolved rapidly over the last two decades so that almost all of the problems with sustainability have been addressed. And the nice thing about uh, Santa Barbara, especially the Santa Barbara Channel is that it's incredibly dynamic and diverse. Um, so 120 different species are commercially um, sold in our port that are coming out of the Santa Barbara Channel. And um, that allows us to be very flexible and not overfish any one population. Um, because there's always sort of an assortment of species coming in. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of negative air time on the fishing industry globally um, in recent years, and especially the um, Sea Spiracy movie, uh, which really focused on issues that are plaguing 
um, very distant shores um, compared to the US. So if you watch that movie, you will never hear mention of US fisheries at all because they're in a really different category than most of the other countries in the world. Our fishing regulations are incredibly strict and successful. There are very few overfished stocks. And in California, you have the added layer where you know, our state is famous for being the environmental leader and having the strictest regulations. And um, that is the case also with fisheries. So um, as a consequence, the business of fishing has really declined because there's so many areas that are off limits to fishing and the regulations cost money to fishermen. And so you it just can't support as many boats out on the water as it used to. Um, so there aren't that many fishing families left and it is really important to support them through programs like Get Hooked because otherwise they don't really distinguish their um, catch in the marketplace. Um, it kind of just gets mixed with seafood coming from Mexico and overseas, and it doesn't get the price it deserves for the fact that it is so sustainable and carefully caught and carefully handled and small scale. Um, and so that is the problem that, you know, on our in our coastal communities, it's so expensive, um, the cost of living and fishing infrastructure is always being replaced by, you know, gentrification with yacht um, basins and wine bars on the coast and that sort of thing. And so we're losing sort of the seafood processing capacity to keep our seafood local and keep it sort of in the highest premium condition that it really deserves to be. Um, so that's one of the goals we have with Get Hooked. And now a word from our sponsor. Bank of America asked Central Coast businesses, what would you like the power to do? Listening to your answer is how we learn about what matters most and help you achieve your goals. That's why we've lent over a half billion dollars to Ventura, Santa Barbara, and San Luis Obispo County's small, mid-sized, and commercial businesses. Because we don't just work here, we live here. I mean, I'm sure once that came out, people were probably coming to you like saying like, what are we gonna do? Or we don't wanna buy anymore. It probably causes all kinds yeah, of issues. Yeah, we, we did. We had a whole flurry of sort of mostly through social media. Um, I kind of crafted a response um, about, you know, how our local fisheries are really different from what's portrayed in that movie. And we had a really good sort of online discussion with other um, interested members of the public that were weighing in and responding to what I posted. And it actually was very productive. There weren't people that were just saying, oh, go to hell, you should all be vegans, you know, which is sort of the goal of the movie is to, um, you know, convince people to become vegans. Um, and incidentally, we have a fair number of vegan customers who want a, you know, um, very sustainable, earth-friendly source of, you know, those essential amino acids that the vegan diet is missing. And, you know, maybe it's just someone who's been vegan, but they don't quite feel that great. Um, you know, they're missing something from their diet, their energy level is low, or they've developed some health problems and they'll add in a Get Hooked subscription to have, you know, one seafood meal a week so that they balance out their diet because it is really like the most sustainable, um, you know, animal protein you can get. Um, but yeah, so it is sort of a debate as to how to deal with fishing ma fisheries management on a global scale on the high seas where it's very hard to enforce. 
And that's the beauty of, you know, the fact that we all live on this beautiful California coast and we can access fisheries that are sustainable and um, well-regulated. And, uh, you know, there's observers, government observers that go out on the boats and they know what's going on out there. So, um, and we always vet our fishermen as well. Like, you know, we're tied into our fishing community. And so we get to know who are the good actors and who are the bad actors. And we don't buy from people who are scammers and, you know, have a lot of violations with fish and game. And um, so, you know, that's sort of the curation that we do for our customers. So walk us through the early days of the start of this business. What did you know the most about and what did you know the least about and how has that changed? Well, because my background is a marine scientist, the most I knew about was sustainability and feeling confident that we were able to choose fisheries that were sustainable. Um, and then I also um, got into this by being the executive director of our commercial fishing association. So um, we have a port association with about 50 to 100 members, um, depending on how good we are at asking people to pay their dues. Um, and um, so I knew the fishing community and I got to know Victoria because um, her dad, Chris Foss, is the president of the Commercial Fishing Association. So I got to know him. And um, she, when she moved back to the U.S. from Australia, she, we got connected and decided to start this up. And so, um, you know, we had a good community effort to get this off the ground. That was probably like one of the most rewarding things is so many people came out of the woodwork almost every day. There was someone saying, how can I help? Or I'm going to give you this and, you know, please use my van or use my scales or whatever it is that we needed. Um, there was just a huge community effort to get this off the ground. And that was amazing. But neither of us had a background, I'd say, in the finances of business <laughs> um, and sort of the regulatory part of it. Like there's yeah. no manual on how to pass a health inspection or how to you know, learn how to become a wholesaler and deal with the certifications. And that's been really hard for us to like stumble through and figure out on our own. Not that like we had any violations. It's just that we really like, you know, it was. It's a whole new world to us when we started. Yeah, like the employee side, like being yeah, employers, being employer right? like too. that is um, something that was new and has taken a lot of trying to figure out, like how important is an employee handbook? What is what what are the um, the different layers? There's so many different layers of regulation and agencies from the state to the federal to the local that you're navigating between and um, both food and safety and just employer and business. And it's just been, um, that's been a really big learning curve. I would say I also knew like the fishing community when we started, but I've learned a lot about individual fisheries that I didn't know before and about, you know, the sustainability of fisheries from Kim. Um, and then also something that's been a huge learning curve for us that we've now I feel like have quite a wealth of knowledge and there's always more to learn, but is like how to handle individual species. Like every species has, um, its own, you know, characteristics of seafood handling that when we first started each week was like 
just such an adventure of trying to gather all the information we needed ahead of time of how to deal with this species before we jumped in um, to kind of limit those those possible errors and issues. And like now, you know, have we done more and more species, um, we have just a whole bunch of knowledge on individual seafood handling <laughs> fish species that we've compiled over time and we have just like an excellent team now that we've put together over time at the beginning kim and i were doing like all the fish buying the filleting the, filleting, <laughs> the you know portioning packing all the delivery driving i mean we did all the things yeah um we hired a little bit of help but we did all the things all the time um and now it's you know we're in a, a little bit of an easier space like i'm able to fish commercially on the side um we have a, a team of um employees and that's been a really rewarding piece too actually being an employer um paying fair living wages we provide health insurance to our full-time staff like that journey to you know from the beginning to where we are now going from you know only being able to hire people for 10 hours a week and not really working for very and paying not as much to like really being able to pay like good wages yeah. and um that that's been really a rewarding piece so we've had our same especially in this label shortage i think it says a lot for us that we've had our team our core team for almost two years, I think, year and a half, two years that yeah. we've only been in business for three. So it took us a while to get to a place where we could be a stable employer for folks. They could really rely on like a solid amount of hours from us through our own growth. And now we've had the same team a long time. It's been really great. One of the satisfying things has been, you hear these stories during the pandemic of people quitting their jobs because they decided I want to do something more meaningful. Um, and a lot of those people came to work for us. <laughs> like we had people who were working two jobs, one with us and one with someone else. And, um, you know, they decided during the pandemic, no, I want to work full-time for you. And so we tried to, you know, reorganize so we could create as many full-time jobs as possible. Um, so it feels good to be on that side of the equation. What do you see for the future of Get Hooked? And what type of community do you hope to foster from that? That's a great question. Um, Cause we're always flying by the seat of our pants and we've learned not to make really, you know, fixed plans cause everything's always changing, especially with the pandemic. Um, but we have been getting more into wholesaling now. So, um, you know, over the last year and a half, we've, um, really honed some fantastic recipes for fish burgers, um, all different types, like a teriyaki swordfish burger and like a sriracha, you know, tuna burger and, you know, like a French, um, you know, Dijon salmon burger. And so we're going to start wholesaling those to kind of partner businesses that have a very similar mission to ours, but serve a larger population through online shipping. Um, Cause we don't do any like air shipping. We hand deliver all of our seafood um, and we've really focused on fresh seafood. And so now we're getting more into, um, you know, frozen products that can be sort of more mass produced and, um, and also expanding the number of restaurants that we work with. We've always over the years had a lot of restaurants contact us saying, we'd love to buy from you, but we weren't really set up to do that well. 
um, and cater to exactly what a chef wants. Like it, we really could say, oh, well, we have, you know, 10 pounds of black cod left over this week, you know, after we fill our orders. So we could drop that off to you. But, you know, that doesn't always work for chefs. So we're going to try to um, sort of diversify our buying and um, kind of the way we hold inventory so you can work with more restaurants. I would say one other focus to with a few like side projects that will hopefully come to fruition, but they're a little bit on the back burner. One is like a fish fertilizer out of our scraps, which right now are being turned into crab um, bait, like a crab fisherman picks them up, but we'd really like to um, turn them into like a liquid um, fish hydrolysate fertilizer option. And we've been um, partnering with a, a local um, farm to work on that project, but it's been really slow going. So we're, we're hoping that we can kick up that project a little bit more in this coming year. And uh, the other thing that uh, I, I know I we, that we'd really like to do is um, increase our kind of charitable giving component. So we've started adding an option for our members to, instead of skipping their week, they can donate their share to families in need. And we've taken uh, fish to a, a, a preschool um, in Oxnard that serves migrant farm worker families. Um, and we're doing that once a month. And that is kind of a new program for us where whatever the, our members have donated and finding additional ways that we can activate our larger community for um, more seafood donations to get these this really awesome nutritional um, option into the the hands of folks that need it and generally can't necessarily afford a, a local fresh fish that comes at a, a premium so what's awesome what inspires both of you I think the community like it's really rewarding and it gives you a lot of meaning to feel like you're in it together and you're working on problem solving, you know, we're just bombarded with the doom and gloom of climate change and political change and, um, you know, the pandemic and being able to kind of create a new system of food delivery and supporting our local food shed that um, feels really organic and really kind of driven by like, what do people in our community want and how can we help, you know, with their support, bring it to them. Um, so I would say that's what's kind of most re rewarding for me. Yeah, I think I, I have to agree. Like the just feeling like our business meets a community driven need. Um, is really fabulous. Like we're connected in on the fishing side and we're connected on, you know, the, the community side of people sharing food together. It's really rewarding when our members talk about coming together over a meal. Like we have lots of families that are members with us and they, they bring their subscriptions together to have like a joint meal with two, say two families together. Or um, neighbors. Neighbors yeah. that, you know, both neighbors are members and they like bring their seafood and they sit down once a week and they eat together and they talk about the fish and, um, you know, that 
that value-driven um, tradition of sharing a meal and, you know, for people that actually really care where their food is coming from on, on that small scale feels really good. And then when you think about like how many tens of thousands of pounds of our local seafood were supplying to our local community every year that wasn't necessarily, you know, they might have been buying fish at the market that it's very hard to find local fish at the market. Um, you know, so that, that, that has shifted. It actually feels like we've made a difference there. And if you're choosing seafood over, you know, beef, you think about how many, calories it takes to get one calorie out of a cow you know it's like something like 50 calories go into a cow to get one calorie out so in terms of but with seafood wild um, sustainable seafood there's no calorie input to get all that great nutrition out um so I like that, I think feels really good um, on like the macro level, but I think really focusing in on the micro, like the stories of people that are finding so much joy in the meals that they're sharing is what like is really heartwarming um, from and keeps us going from week to week. And then when we zoom out and we think about that big picture, that's really inspiring as well. But I think we rarely take the time to do that, to really zoom out and think about the big picture change that we're making on a small scale. Um, so it's really just the people sharing how much they've loved sitting down to break bread together, or even for their one little family, there are people that have said, get hooked has been the best part of the pandemic for me, which to us is like, really? That's amazing. <laughs> like just that yeah. having that routine, having that thing that felt um, special and this like super high quality meal when everything around felt really chaotic and, you know, had kind of a negative overtone that this had a really positive feeling. Um, I think that those stories were really wonderful. Who are your mentors? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, we have other, um, happen to be female folks in the seafood industry nationwide that we've gotten to know and we'll call when we need advice about um, whether it's, you know, how to deal with, um, you know, transshipment across state lines or something like that, where you just don't know where to turn to. Um, and then I would say um, there's just amazing community supporters. Some of our members um, have sort of offered to help mentor us um, about business growth and um, also about like how to sort of, um, we've, we've had a great connection with the Economic Development Center that serves Santa Barbara and Ventura counties. They've connected us with um, the experts we need for social media marketing and um, uh, all sorts of stuff. And um, so I don't know. I. I don't feel like I've ever had like the one mentor in my life that I can point to, which is kind of sad, but there've been a lot of people who have, have kind of helped um, along the way. I would say that for me, it feels a little more personal that you and my dad, I feel like yeah. are both. Um, yeah. Chris is a great sure cheerleader. And, <laughs> <laughs> he's been 
Yeah, he's really supportive. He's been really supportive. And he thinks he's like a fisherman, but he thinks like big picture about global issues about all kinds of things all the time he reads you know he digests an insane amount of information um from things to from astrophysics to you know um energy generation through fusion to like being really um you know trying to keep himself up to date in all like local political matters so you as like a personal mentor and the way he approaches life, I think that his like um, desire to be a lifelong learner is really inspiring. And he has kind of a bootstrap um, way of going about, you know, approaching business. He's been really successful and he has also a very sustainable minded approach to like life, you know, where and where he never throws anything away and find, finds ways to repurpose things constantly. And the idea of waste is really, um, you know, antithesis. And, you know, and, and then in the fishing community, really thinking all the time about how the fishing community can bet, like benefit from different regulatory approaches and, you know, trying to be an advocate for the fishing community, like at, you know, you know great, um, time cost to him he spends a lot of his time volunteering because he's very civic minded in that way so i think that that's you know he can also be a very polarizing figure and he has a lot of really strong opinions that you know not everyone agrees with all the time but overall like his approach to being in the world i really appreciate and then you know kim is like an awesome mentor to have through this business the way that she thinks about problems and problem solving and you know nothing ever you know is daunting and i think it's really rubbed off on me like where at the beginning i probably would have oh there's this obstacle in our way and it would have felt defeatist like i think that i've learned from kim never to really look at an obstacle in a defeatist manner there's always like a way around, um, a way over, a way through, like, and so really, you know, thinking through all the ways to problem solve, and then also just being like, the importance of your word and your follow through commitment. And um, I think that those are all characteristics she really embodies that I um, <laughs> have learned from. <laughs> I love that. So before we wrap up, um, is there anything we didn't touch on that you want to talk about? Well, the one thing that was a big development for us in the last year that some of your listeners might be interested about is that we bought our own building and we built out our own kitchen. And we did so by getting um, an SBA loan, a 504 loan um, and it was a beast and we learned so much about the process of um, you know qualifying and carrying out one of these 504 loans so if your listeners want to get some advice about that um, I'd be happy to share what I've learned because it came at great cost of time and energy and stress getting it all sorted out Okay. Well, thank you both so much. That was so awesome. How can people find out more about Get Hooked? You can go to our website, which is gethookedseafood.com. And uh, you can also follow us on social media. We also always have lots of fun um, photos of our fishermen um, bringing in their catch or 
um, recipes and fun facts about fisheries. Um, and uh, you can always email us at info at gethookseafood.com as well. Um, so yeah, I encourage you all to check out our website and get in touch. Awesome, thank you so much. This was Charting Her Course, a Pacific Coast Business Times podcast. The Pacific Coast Business Times is the weekly business journal for the Central Coast with digital and print editions, as well as can't miss events. For more on the Business Times and to subscribe, please visit our website at packbiztimes.com. A huge thank you again to our sponsor, Bank of America. We're so appreciative of their support. Bank of America is committed to responsible growth for the clients and communities it serves by listening as they answer the question, what would you like the power to do? If you enjoyed this podcast, and I sure hope you did, please share with your colleagues, family, friends, and anyone else who might listen. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you stream podcasts. Please also subscribe, rate, and review. For more info on this podcast, please visit packbiztimes.com under Charting Her Course. We are also on Instagram at Charting Her Course. Give us a follow. We'd love to hear suggestions on future guests as well. This podcast is developed and produced by Linda LeBrock and me, Veronica Kuzmuk. Associate producer, editor, and provider of emotional support, all done by Viana Mabonic. Our gorgeous artwork was done by Corey Iniguez of Dandelion Designs. Check out her website at dandeliondesigns.com. Our very cool theme music was created by Nicholas LeBrock. Thank you, Nicholas. Lastly, we're all out charting our own courses in business and in life. So while we're out there, let's wave and say hi to each other. We're in this together.